It had been 22 years since we played a Sunday game, so we had a little time to make up. We made up for it with a double overtime dandy. The Jazz fall into the Phoenix Suns, 140-137. to Another night of positives, just not one in the win column for the Utah Jazz. We're talking about it next on Jazz Basketball Postcast with Ron Boone. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks very much for tuning in. David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Jazz fall in double overtime, 140 to 137. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like started this show. I had a coat on when the night started. Um, like I'm trying to figure out like something wild happened at the end of regulation to get us to overtime. And then somehow we got to overtime again. And then somehow we got to double overtime. And then we thought we were going to triple overtime when Lowry Market was going to make three free throws. And then that didn't happen. What just happened? Phoenix tried to give us the ball game. They did. <laughs> they really bit. did. Yeah. In, in both of the overtime. Durant shouldn't be trying to block that shot necessarily in that circumstance either. Without a doubt. You know, a lot of minutes played tonight. You know, 290 minutes of basketball. But. Yes. All right. I'm exhausted. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fried. All right. Let's. I mean, I think the big picture takeaway I have before we get into any minute details is this jazz basketball team has made mammoth strides on who they were from when we watched them on that last road trip. Like the game in Chicago was awful. Yes. They got a little better in Indiana. They made a stride in Memphis and they've gotten four practice, four or five practice days with the schedule right now. And it is really clear that Will Hardy and the coaching staff made a lot of progress in what this, who this basketball team is and how they're playing. And he's set with the starting lineup. I mean, the, yeah. the starters that he had, I mean, they played both overtimes. Uh, well, they finished the basketball game, and then they then they played in, in, in both overtimes. Now, the Jazz only had two players anyway that played over 40, 40 minutes, whereas the Suns had four. Yeah, and regards to starting lineup, like, I do think you're dancing. He's dancing a fine line, which he's talked about a lot of, like, okay, if we're ever going to be a championship team, this is what we got to do. At the same time, like, we're trying to win every single night. And he's doing those two things. Like, quite honestly, Keontae has made enough mistakes in late in both these two ball games that you could make a really strong argument that if somebody else was on the floor, you might have had a better chance to win. Cool, yes. But that's not, like, that's where this f- funny line that Will Hardy has, which is the amount of development minutes of importance that Keontae George got in the eight minutes to close the other night and then tonight to get 18 minutes of this kind of basketball. And sure, he made a mistake in the 18 minutes. Like, okay, not surprising. He's 20 and he's playing point guard. Like, and he made a mistake the other night. Like, sure, like that's going to happen. But those are the moments he learns from. He drove on Nurkic and didn't get the whistle. Okay, that's actually a whistle you might not get lately. Okay, learning, learning, learning. Like, he, I just think that's, there's this fine line the Jazz are playing, which is improvement, building, trying to get to be a championship level team in many years. And some and one of the pieces is Keontae. And these are incredible opportunities for him right now. Yeah, the, the experience he's getting in, in in those minutes, crucial minutes, the mistakes he's making in those crucial minutes, twenty games from now, might be a different story. Right. And and I think that's what Will Will is definitely looking at. And this has been a really impressive stretch for the coaching staff. Like one thing Will talked about all last year was how willing this team was to learn. I I think this team, you know, this team's got some its own personal challenges. I mean. One thing I think is really interesting about this group is that there wasn't a lot of natural cohesion. Like if you looked at Lowry Markin and like who's he hanging out with? It, there isn't 
if you look at Kelly Olynyk, like who's he hanging? Like, but last year with the guys that actually kind of all gelled, like guys did that. this year. They're trying to form these these two games give them a and these four days of practice where they've now gotten better collectively as a group and had these group experience. These are really big moments for the cohesion and collectiveness of this group. Yeah, now you get a chance to practice a little bit more because you got some home games. I mean, home yeah, home games, and so there's a, probably a little bit more time that you can spend in practice and all that kind of stuff. But where players get to know each other better is on the road. Uh, and, and they can go out to dinner and, and hang out. They don't have their families with them and that type of thing. We haven't seen a lot of that. Now, just taking consideration. There's Eddie Johnson. There's Fast Eddie. Fast this, Eddie. Is, this is what they call the jazz killer back in the day. That's right. I want you, don't you ever forget that. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, now, when you play Ron Boone in golf, are you still a jazz killer? <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> Old man still gets him. But Phoenix has 12 new players. But they got experience on that team. You know, to the point right. where they, you know, they probably are. Well, and they have a pretty clear order of like, in fact, the only thing I think they really struggle at mm-hmm. is I think Durant and Booker are deferring to each other an awful lot late in games in an unnatural way where it's like, oh, no, your turn. No, your turn. You're not, like, I don't want to, you know, they're, they're, they, I think that lack of cohesion shows up in the fact that they're the fourth best team in the first quarter, the fourth best team in the second quarter, the ninth best team in the third quarter, and 30th in the NBA in fourth quarters. Like, I think that shows up. So you're saying that, okay, Booker, as good as he is, defers to Kevin Durant. And I thought Durant deferred to Booker an awful lot tonight when I don't think Kevin Durant should be deferring to anyone. Yeah, without a doubt. 27 shots for him tonight. Booker takes 21, and it still ends up with 26%. The great thing about them is that they know their game, and they know the areas they want to shoot, and they get to those spots. All right, let's go to the final play. There's a lot There's a lot of final plays tonight, frankly. Um, but the biggest final play is Lowry takes a three on the right side. I, I, I do tell someone, like, Lowry's an 80% free throw shooter. Someone go do the math on how often an 80% free throw shooter makes three free throws. Like, just go do that math and go see what it is. It's not actually great. Um, so it wasn't like it cost us the game. It did cost us a chance to have three free throws and try to make them. Um, explain to me, if you can, the ruling by the officials on that play. Well, it, the fact that he hit the ball first. So, and what Zauber was saying, that he made contact with the basketball first, so he blocked the shot first, then it was contact afterwards, which means, that, and he did say that he had the right to uh, to make contact with the basketball before before any other contact was made, So, which means it becomes like a live ball now uh, for, you know, anyone to come out with. So that call was perfect. I did not think the officials were good. I have not complained about the official all season long in any game all year, and I did complain quite a bit tonight, both sides, frankly. I thought they made some really bad calls um, and some Ill, what I would call like nonsensical calls. Um, so, yes, I didn't think that Ashley and Jonathan Sterling had very good games, but um, there's a lot to this one. Um, the thing that's most impressive to me about the Jazz performance is they were dreadful in the half court. They could not score in the half court, and yet they grabbed 48% of their own misses to keep possessions alive. And then they got out in transition a great deal. They had a, I don't know what the final number was. They had a really good defense through three quarters. That it was a 110 defensive rating against a, a team that's like offense clicks at much higher rate. So we saw probably the best defensive effort by the Jazz all season long on a night where they had their one of their worst offensive nights. That's really, really hard to do. So I'm 
I'm super impressed by that in so many realms. Now, by the end of the night, by the way, Phoenix's offense was up to a 121. So we didn't hold that great defensive effort all night. And um, so it will still will still probably be ranked pretty low. Um, but I thought just generally we created havoc. We disturbed. We forced turnover, some turnovers. We got out and ran. We were transitioned 25% of possessions tonight um, on a night where we just really struggled in the half court. That was impressive. So it was the, the offensive rebounds then. If you start from the half court, you're coming up with those offensive rebounds. You get 62 points in the paint. That's how you stayed in the ballgame. Uh, Keontae tonight goes 2 of 12, 7 points, 10 assists again. He does have five turnovers tonight, one of them crucial late. Lowry was different tonight, Ron. Let's talk a little bit about that. We opened the broadcast talking about how you know, people want to know why he doesn't get more shots and things like that. And the reason he doesn't is because he really is not a shot creator other than coming off offense. And he shoots 80% of his shots with zero to two seconds of touch time. We saw a little bit of difference tonight. Like, I don't know if it turned out that it was more than 17% of his shots, but we saw him driving a little bit, playing off the bounce, trying to ISO, came up shorter sometimes late. We also saw a long stretch of time where he didn't get the basketball. Um, these, this was a good example of Lowry trying to develop and where Lowry still needs to develop if he's going to become a top 15 player in the NBA. So if you see it, I see it. That means Will has had some conversations. As a matter of fact, Will did say that he's had conversations with, with, uh, with, with Lowry about the next stage or the next that he has to, um, in order to be that player. He put the ball on the floor. You got to be able to shoot off the dribble, you know, those type of things. And I thought it was more aggressive tonight, uh, especially early, early in the ballgame. He says he's a tremendous basketball player, and he deserves to get 20, 22, 23 shots a ball game. But he's got to do be, do some creating himself. And it's not something he, you know, I, I'm sure before he got to the University of Arizona in Finland, he was the primary option. But at the University of Arizona, he wasn't necessarily that. He certainly wasn't that much in Chicago. They gave him kind of a year where they gave him the ball in his hands a lot. This is all new. Like he's he he's developing this, working on this in the midst of a season. It's all new things. You know, we tried to ISO him a few times at the nail tonight. That's the spot. That's where he's going to have to learn how to make those plays. The first half of last year, his isolations were really good. In the second half of last year, he was a bottom five isolation player in the NBA. It's not a comfortable spot for him. He puts it on the deck maybe once, maybe twice. He fades back. He just he comes up short a lot of it. It's it's an area where he still has to develop if he's going to go from top 30 to top 30. So if he's going to get there, that same shot from that mid-post ring from around the free-throw line that Durant gets, Lowry can get. Right. But with one or two dribbles or just shoot over the top of a defender if if he has a player that's undersized. But that spot should be his spot for a mid-range jump shot. The thing is Lowry still walked tonight with 38 points and 17 rebounds. 49 seven, minutes. Seven of them on the offensive end. I mean, he was unbelievably mm-hmm. great in this game tonight. Um Really, a lot of effort, a lot of just great effort from a lot of guys tonight. I think that's it. Um, Clarkson was not as efficient. We win when he's efficient. We don't when he's not generally this year. So that pl- falls into that category again. Um, I thought the Jazz, understandably, were going after Grayson Allen because he's a really bad defensive player. But at one point, I thought they got overly caught up into it and they they stopped running some of their stuff. That's always the fine line there. Of, like you've got the pigeon, you're going to try to f- shoot the pigeon. Um, but on the other end, like how do you stay into your stuff? And and frankly, they they had a lot of inroad. They made a lot of progress when they went after Grayson Allen tonight. They scored on him an awful lot. They did the night before too. But it's always a fine balance on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Phoenix Suns, you know, late in the ball game, they start well in the fourth quarter. They start going after uh, George. You know, right. so if every coach smart enough and and know how to put. Uh, their, their star player in the, in the right position to to be successful. Before we give out our stars, let's go to one X's and O's thing. So the Suns ran, I would guess, I'm just kind of making this up, 
I would guess on their final 17 plays, they ran the same play about 14 times. Yes, same, oh, about that? Okay, almost the whole overtime. Otherwise, yeah. Out of timeouts, they would run something else. But anytime they're in the half court, they would send Devin Booker to the left side of the floor, left side of the basket. Durant would be on that floor. Sometimes Durant would set a pick. Sometimes Durant would just go to the post. And they would bring all three other guys as far away as they could. One in the corner, right corner. One at kind of the right free throw line. And one right next to him, really. Like, right. these guys were really far away. And the ball would go to Durant in the post. And the Jazz got better and better at it as the night went on. And the Jazz would have to bring a double. So explain to me what's going on there. Floor spacing, we hear from Coach all the time. I thought this was pretty brilliant floor spacing yeah. and, and, the, and what the Suns were doing. The key in what the Jazz were, were, were trying to do is it's what's, they were trying to get Durant ISO, ISO on the left side of the floor and knowing that the Jazz were going to double. So they, uh, the Jazz were, were, for the most part, was waiting for the, a short clock. And then they would run and double. Um, and that would leave. Uh, it, it did leave Eric Gordon uh, and Little in, in, on the right side, from outside the three-point line. I, I think Gordon made a couple of three uh, three-point shots because of that. So they were ex they were expecting that, and they played it nicely. Uh, the Jazz changed the angles, or not the angles, but the well a, of a player that was going to double, and not the same guy. And I think it was effective for a couple of times, but. You know, they just worked that left side, knowing that this is what the Jazz wanted to do, and Durant's one of the best in the world at uh, shooting over people, mid-range, three-point shots. And But it ended up being Gordon that got the good shots. And give the Jazz credit. They wanted to get it out of Durant and Gordon's hands. That's what you're doing. Give the Suns credit. They're placing the floor so that your double has to come from super far away yeah. and have to come back or even further away to be able to get back. And so it's hard to catch up with the ball. And that's how Gordon got some of those looks. The Jazz got a little bit better at it. They forced the pass to a different spot, which forced one more pass later in the half. The, the, what makes it effective is that this weak side guy, and, and, and it was uh, Colin sometimes, the majority of the time it was marking it. You can only stay in that three seconds zone so long. So you have to clear and then get back in it. Clear and get back in it. And and uh, and then with the Clock sits low, then they go to double, and, and all of a sudden you're in this rotation. So it was really interesting cat and mouse game in that way. And um, Grayson Allen had a monster three where the one time they changed it up, they had Grayson Allen throw the entry pass, and the double comes because the double comes from Grayson's man at that point because he's the closest to the ball, and they get the ball back to Grayson pretty quickly for a three. He's hitting 50% of his threes this year. So there's a lot of little fun things there. That Suns team is built uh, beautifully and will be a tough out in the playoffs. Bottom line, fun basketball game. Yes. It was very fun to watch. All right. Super fun two nights and uh, Sunday crowd enjoyed it. That is postcast tonight. Thanks very much for tuning in. On behalf of Ron, I'm David. We'll be back with you in Los you Angeles. Stars. Oh, stars. Yeah. Lowry Markinen. You can give it to three players, I think, tonight. And Lowry Markinen is obviously one, but I thought Colin Sexton's uh, run that he had in, in that third quarter. To... Oh, I was going Taylor. And, and then Taylor Tucker. That's what yeah, I'm talking I was, about. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. You could give it to three people. I'm going Taylor. I thought he kept yeah. us in the game in the second quarter and then. Played really well. And yeah, in the double his twenty-five catch and shoot yeah. three-point shooting game is probably close to forty percent right now. His off the bounce three-point shooting game is not, but no, well, he was at thirty-three percent coming into tonight's game. Right, and thirty-six on catch and shoots, and I think he was four or four on catch and shoots tonight. Yeah, so he's that's really a massive improvement. Last year he was thirty percent on catch and shoots, so good for Taylor. All right, I'm going Lowry and Taylor. I like Laurie Taylor as okay. well. I said, but you could very well give it to three, but we're going to do Colin it. Colin had the yeah. great putback on the yeah. Keontae George miss, so yeah. awesome. All right, super fun, and uh, we'll be back with you Tuesday. Play-in game, or in-season tournament game, so that'll have, if the Jazz can win that, they go to 3-1 and one in in-season tournament play. Lakers win that, they go to 3-0, and oh, or they would go to 4-0, oh, they would four win the group. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it would be big. If the Jazz can win that, then point differential starts to play in whether the Jazz could make either win the grouping at three and one tie with the Lakers and the Suns or whether or not the Jazz at three and one could get in as an at-large team. So uh, it'll be a big one Tuesday night. Hope you tune in and join us on the radio. If not, go subscribe to Jazz Plus or watch the game on KJazz. I will now send you over to the first ever 24-7 national sports channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. Thanks very much for tuning in for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.